How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love. Happy Thursday. We are back. Thanks for holding during the break. I'm really excited to have someone on today that I've, I've always liked and I worked with at Fox and yet we've never met in person. But we have so many six degrees of separation. She doesn't know, but she will today. <laughs> and it's more than a pleasure to have journalist and co-host of CNN's morning show, New Day. You can watch weekdays from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern. And prior to joining CNN, uh, she was co-host of Fox News Channel's morning show, Fox and Friends Weekend. More than a pleasure to have my former co-worker, Allison Camerata, on the show. Allison, good afternoon. So good to have you. Leslie, so great to reconnect with you. I have to tell you, I was looking at your resume today, and um, I want to tell you a couple of things. One, I worked at WHDH, but radio in Boston. Oh, my gosh. Fantastic. Two, I grew up watching WLNE in Providence because I was born in Fall River and grew up in Somerset. And when I have a few drinks, as I hope that we do in New York at some point, you will hear that accent come out full force. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I loved my time in Providence. I loved the Italian food. I loved covering Mayor Buddy Cianci, yeah. who was, I believe, reelected from prison. Yeah, <laughs> it was so great. <laughs> yeah, F- Federal Hill, great, uh, great Italian food, absolutely. Yes. And uh, you are deans uh, on the Dean's Advisory Board of American Universities Resolve, the National Infertility Association. I have two children. I adopted my son, and my daughter was number 13 IVF, I kid you not. Oh, my God, Leslie, that, you are tenacious. I don't <laughs> know how you had the heart and just sort of stamina to do that many IVF rounds. I, I don't take no for an answer, I guess. And, I guess uh, not. And, and also Dean Advisory Board of American University School of Communication. Uh, the list uh, goes on, but I'm here to talk uh, about uh, your book. And I've read your book, which honestly I don't do for every guest because, you know, I get so many, there's not uh, time. And I was really glad actually we had to reschedule you because your book came in the day before or day of I was supposed to have you on, so it gave me the week uh, to get through it, which was so uh, easy for me to do. First of all, folks, it's called Amanda Wakes Up. It's a novel. Allison uh, wrote this book, you know, herself. Uh, she didn't hire somebody to do it. First of all, um, why did you decide to, you know, write a book? You are a busy woman. I mean, you have children. You do this show. Um, just having to get up at the time that you get up, which I don't uh, envy. So really, what made you say, you know, I'm going to add more stuff to my very busy life in my pile here? Well, I felt compelled to write it, to tell you the truth. I mean, I, I agree with you. It would be impossible to write a novel while I have this current job and this current news cycle. Um, so I started writing it when I was at Fox and when I was the weekend co-host of Fox & Friends. So when you work weekends, you have a little bit more time during the week. So time was in my favor. I had a couple more days off during that time, but mostly... I felt compelled to write it. I mean, I I couldn't not write it for a couple of reasons. One was that I always thought it would be fun for the viewers or the readers to peel back the curtain on what really happens behind the scenes in any, you know, TV news station because there's so much action and so many relationships behind the scenes. And I always wanted, I always thought that if viewers could get, you know, a window into that, that they would find it pretty entertaining and fascinating. And then also, you know, I started writing it in about 2012, during a different crazy presidential election before right. 2016, and 
I was at Fox, and I was having some frustrations with um, how to kind of corral that that cast of characters. If you recall, there was Michelle Bachman, there was Herman Cain, there was Rick Perry, there was Rick Santorum, Newt Gingrich, Mitt Romney. I mean, it, it went on. And I was interviewing them on a regular basis on, on Fox and Friends, and I was frustrated because, uh, you know, you have six minutes to try to get to the heart of the matter. Sometimes they're spinning, often. Sometimes they're not fact-based, often. And I sometimes felt that my boss had a very different view of what we were supposed to be doing in terms of getting to the truth than what I thought we should be doing. And so I would come home and just kind of try to gather my thoughts. You know, I I can process thoughts better by writing them down. And it just started writing itself. I mean, I was I didn't know it was going to be a book, but I had written down so many moments that turned into vignettes that then I kind of threaded together and I started to think I might have a novel here. So that's that's how it happened. Um, also, and why a novel? Why fiction? Because I want folks to know, and you know, haven't read it yet, and I definitely want you to read it. I'm going to tell you all about where you can get it. Um, there's a character named uh, Amanda Gallo, and um, you know, she's done local TV, lands the job of her dreams at Fair News, which I think is so funny. I wish you had called it fake news. <laughs> <laughs> or not if fake only news. I'd had a crystal ball. I know. I know. Um, and she gets the morning slot, which is a very coveted position, uh, you know, making a six-figure salary, which we all want to do whether we're on TV or not. She has an allowance for a wardrobe, which as a chick, I fully love and understand. Uh, she has uh, on-air FaceTime and, you know, to, it gets to realize her dreams. In other words, there are similarities to what has and continues to happen, uh, you know, professionally in your life. So why fiction and not nonfiction? Because there's some good stuff in here. <laughs> Look, a lot of it is based on my life. You know, Amanda Gallo's trajectory tracks pretty closely with some of my trajectory. But it took me 25 years, you know, of experience. And a lot of it is stuffed into her year-and-a-half-long arc. You know, Amanda figures things out faster than I did. She's 29 years old, and she's wrestling with all of the same ethical dilemmas that I've confronted, and I'm sure you've confronted in your career. You know, in this way, it's kind of a universal story about you do get your dream job, and be careful of what you wish for, you know, because once you do get your dream job, you realize all of the ways it complicates your life. You know, Amanda has a boyfriend, she has a best friend, she has a mom, all of whom at times during the novel object to what she's doing. She ends up having lots of complications in her interpersonal relationships. That ends up affecting how she delivers the news, and then she has lots of behind-the-scenes relationships at work. So I just wanted, you know, to take some poetic license. I mean, I've had a lot of the experiences that Amanda has in the book, but I wanted to be able to control the chronology and the timeline. I wanted to be able to make composite characters, and I wanted her to be able to figure things out faster than I did, you know, with the benefit of my 25 years. So it just seemed, I wrestled with it, but it seemed that a novel with all of the poetic license was the way to go. It's funny because you read my mind because I was going to ask you how much of, you know, uh, Amanda Gallo is based uh, on you. And uh, I would imagine it's also, uh, do, do you think it's fair to say Amanda in a sense is almost, and not that you're old, but I mean the mature experience seasoned you professionally and personally kind of going back and redoing, you know, 
uh, you know, you with Amanda. I'm going to get your answer after this. We'll do a cliffhanger. Okay. How's that? Uh, we're going to be back right after this quick break. I'm Leslie Marshall, and I'm very glad to have with us Allison Camerata. By the way, you can get her book, of course, on Amazon.com. Uh, but you can also get her book at penguinrandomhouse.com. On Facebook, go to facebook.com forward slash Allison, A-L-I-S-Y-N Camerata, C-A-M-E-R-O-T-A. Follow her on Instagram at Allison Camerata. And on Twitter, well, she broke up with Twitter. We'll talk about that later. She wrote a piece on it for CNN.com last month. And we'll be back with her right after this. Don't go away. Follow Leslie on Twitter. Just go to www.twitter.com slash Leslie Marshall, and we'll be sure to share your tweets. We are back with co-host of CNN's morning show, New Day author of Amanda Wakes Up, Allison Camerata. And uh, I used to work with her at Fox. Uh, Alice, I'm not just saying this because you're a guest on my show, so I'm not kissing up to you. <laughs> but Go ahead, I really, feel free, Leslie. Actually, feel free. I, I used to love when you would be the anchor when I got to be uh, on with you. Um, you know, as you know, as a contributor, I could do different shows different times. But really, I, 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 uh, I appreciated um, the true fairness that you uh, gave to me as a liberal <laughs> in uh, your questions and the time that you gave me in your professionalism. I, I wanted oh, to tell you, you. I really appreciate that. You know, I really, really appreciate hearing that, Leslie. I always loved having you as a guest. And I really tried to be fair when I was on Fox. And I really try to be fair now that I'm on CNN. That's, it's very important to me. You know, I try to be open to both sides, to all sides. I'm always interested. I'm always open, I guess I should say, to being surprised any day by a different perspective or a guest's point of view. I want to learn something. And, you know, that's my goal. I'm not sort of trying to browbeat somebody or school somebody. You know, I'm just trying to kind of really hear from my guests whatever perspective they want to bring. Before the break, I'd asked you a question, and I, I just want to add to that. Very, very uh, popular song that Adele wrote called uh, Hello, and a lot of people at first didn't know, and she said it was a phone call from her to her younger self. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you, Is it fair to say that in this novel, although fictitious, because it is based on your life and the character Amanda Gallo has pieces of you in it, is this, uh, in a sense, you talking through this novel to your younger self? Well, yes, in that, again, she, Amanda, the character, figures things out faster than I did. So at, at 20, she's, she's 29 years old in the book. At 29 years old, I thought that I had my TV career uh, figured out. I thought I was soon going to figure out my love life. Uh, it turns out that it took me a few more years in real life. Um, and, you know, things are never a straight line. So the trajectory that I thought I was on in real life at 29 ends up having a lot of fits and starts and not being a straight line. You know, my, my path was circuitous. So I, it was nice to be able to have this fictitious character who I could give my wisdom to, who could figure it out faster than I did, who did speak up for herself more than I could at the time. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it was sort of, you know, one of my dream versions of myself. I wanted to say that when I read this book as a woman who isn't tele is in television and on nearly every day, but certainly not your stature. I don't, you know, host or anchor my you know own program. Uh, never have. Who knows what the future holds? I'm getting to be an old broad now, though. Uh, as a as a your tongue. as a woman on TV, I have to tell you, I laughed out loud. And something I didn't know about you because I just know you, you know, work wise. You're funny. 
You're, no, you're not only are you funny, I'm not the only one who thinks you're funny. And this is somebody I think is very funny, Samantha B. Um, she's host of Full Frontal with Samantha B. She wrote a book, too. Uh, she she said, quote, a hilarious eye-opening glimpse into the TV news trenches from one who's had to navigate them backwards and in heels. I, I really appreciated that from Sam. Yeah, she's yeah, she's I'm a fan she, of hers. So yeah, I'm a fan of hers. I'm a fan of yours. But I didn't really. You are you are funny. And this is a side of you people definitely don't see on CNN. Another reason they should uh, pick up the book. Amanda wakes up. Talk to me about that side of you and, uh, uh, and putting that element in here, uh, because sometimes even in our business, it gets so crazy and stressful and just insane. The things that we're you know, asked to do, maybe we can't talk about so much that that are hilarious. <laughs> There it is, Leslie. This is part of why I wanted to write the book is because if I could give people a behind-the-scenes tour of the TV newsroom, a lot of funny stuff is happening all the time. I mean, one of the first scenes that I ever wrote for the book was one of the pitch meetings. So the pitch meetings where producers and anchors and reporters go in and pitch what stories they want to have on the next day. And I always found pitch meetings hilarious because everybody brings their own perspective and their own sort of pet story in, and generally the executive producer shoots them down as being, you know, stupid or ridiculous. But I always found all of that interaction really funny and just like a hilarious fodder. So, so I tried to write it. And once I had that scene, I thought, okay, I have something here because I was laughing writing it, you know. So um, I'm glad. I appreciate that you think that, and I really hope that I've captured for the reader some of the gallows humor that goes on in TV newsrooms and just some of the behind the scenes hilarity. Um, I have to say, stop reading my mind and my questions in advance. <laughs> because I, I no, I was going to say. You pulled back the curtain at Oz to reveal the wizard, if you will, um, and, you know, the truth um, about what happens and did it in a comedic way. It is so funny that you mentioned that because that is one of the sections I laughed out loud. Um, Here's a peek behind the curtain at Oz. Um, As a contributor, I am sometimes asked, what topics do you like today? And, you know, I pick my topics and I'm a liberal Democrat progressive and I pick my topics. And they never use them. <laughs> and if it, if, it, if it comes like a joke, I'll even say to my publicist, like, you know, I, I, you know, I will send them and I forward them to her. And I'm like, which one of these do you think they'll pick today? Think they like number two? You know? <laughs> and um, and it, it is funny because I, I sometimes, you know, just want to ignore the email. But, I, you know, I have a job to do. But they never. And I even want to say sometimes, why do you keep sending me this? You never pick my topics. I've been with you 10 years. Right. It's like. It's like a half an hour of your life you'll never get back. I mean, you know, composing that email to them because you know that they're never going to go with your topics. That's hilarious. I mean, but look, you know, they have a particular lens through which they see stories and yours mm, just doesn't fit it. Well, one of the other things, I'm not, I love nonfiction. And I will sometimes read a novel like yours that I, I can really relate to, and it's funny. But there are times that, you know, people have said to me, you know, uh, some of my girlfriends especially will say, oh, Leslie, you got to read this. It's so funny. And I read it, and I just find it so schmaltzy and, and so, uh, oh, God, uh, you know, just, just not intelligent. I, I love the fact this your book is smart and funny because you're smart and funny, uh, but that's that's something I like is, you know, somebody who is a I'm an intellectual female who can relate to this. But a lot of people are going to read this and think this is 
an intelligent yet funny book and you don't have to be, uh, you know, like me and you and in the business or have been in the business to appreciate it. Well, I hope so. I mean, I really do think that it is, there is a universality to this story of, you know, a young woman trying to navigate the workplace, you know, and by the way, it, it isn't just, it doesn't have to just be a woman, any young person trying to work their way up the career ladder, trying to get their dream job, there's all sorts of complications that always ensue. And, you know, there's, it, part of it is, what are you willing to sacrifice for success? And there are, you know, look, uh, in terms of women, I think that there are a lot of love stories. There's a lot of stories about women who go missing. I've noticed those are on the book, the bestseller list a lot. But where are the stories about women in the workplace? Where are the stories about all of what we sacrifice and all of the challenges, ethical and love life related and everything that we deal with in the workplace? That's like a universal experience. And so I thought I should write about it. I want to talk more about your book, but, you know, there are a lot of people that watch you on television that are listening and some people calling in uh, with some questions into your real life, you, Allison, (laughs) and not Amanda. Um, There are some, uh, they're just different things that stand out and, you know, some come up. Um, You moderate discussions that have sometimes some interesting and even shocking uh, quotes Uh, that we now have is quotes from people like me, you know, contributors or guests that come on and, and say things. And, um, you know, when, when the president had his, you know, infamous uh, response to Charlottesville quote, I didn't see anything wrong with it. He addressed the problem um, of those marks. Uh, Bobby Vieira, who was a guest on, uh, you know, your program, um, so let's face the reality, there are problems on both sides. And you asked, do you think that neo-Nazis and white supremacists are the same as those who are protesting them? And that line is exactly where the outrage outrage uh, came from. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, because you said, you know, you try and be fair, um, and, and how much of, you know, because you have to separate your personal feelings um, from your professional uh stance in trying to be, you know, impartial and, and, and non-biased. But with these types of things, and sometimes when you have a guest who's like, I don't see any problem with the fact that he didn't have any problem and you just want to crawl across the desk and go, what? And shake that person. You know, how do you handle those situations? And, you know, maybe share with us some that have been uh, challenging, especially because well, during this presidency, there's a lot that's been challenging. Well, what you're referring to is that I've done this whole series now, I mean, more than a dozen, of these voter panels. So I've had a lot of diehard, passionate President Trump supporters. I've had a couple of people who were diehard Trump supporters who are having a bit of remorse or buyer's remorse. And then I've had lots of Hillary voters whose heads are spinning. And sometimes I have them all on one panel, and they all, you know, I mean, I want them to all hear each other and, and try to understand each other's perspective. But the one that you're referring to was this week, and I, it was all ardent President Trump supporters. They were hardcore supporters of his when he was campaigning, and they still are all in, and they love what he's doing. And, you know, look, I have them on because I invite them on because I we want to get their perspective. We want people to get a window into what these folks who make up, you know, I mean, they are still, he has a 37% approval rating in the country. Um, so these are his diehard supporters, and we want to hear from them. So what their perspective was for people who missed it, and I do encourage people to go on CNN.com and watch it for themselves, because I think that this week was pretty um, illuminating. 
But what their perspective was, was that President Trump was right when he said there's fault on both sides, both sides are to blame. And the reason that his diehard supporters think that is because of the Antifa protesters, who they say um, also brought weapons and brought clubs and were ready to resort to violence and in Berkeley did things like lighting, setting fires. And so their point is, yeah, okay, near-Nazis, bad, despicable can be violent, and Antifa, the protesters of the neo-Nazis and fascism, um, violent and over the top. So, you know, they see it the way he does, which is there's violence on both sides, bad people on both sides. And I was trying to get them to see it the way other folks see it, which is, but all of the protesters who turned, in other words, the neo-Nazis started it. They started it. They showed up. They showed up with their vile, repugnant signs, and other people were there to protest them. But that's not how the Trump uh, supporters see it. They see it as, well, sure, if you're just protesting, then fine. But if you're going to bring bats and clubs um, then and, and wear helmets and dress in all black and cover your face, well, then you're just as bad. Uh, let's take some calls. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Uh, Michael is holding in the Bronx, and I don't have time for many calls, uh, so let's at least get Michael's in. Uh, Michael, good afternoon and welcome. Question or comment for Allison? Hello, ladies. How are you? Hi, Michael. And it's, this is a comment just to piggyback what Allison was just pointing out in terms of the neo-Nazis, the nationalists, and what happened in Charlottesville. One important detail I don't think you're aware of is that there was two separate um, reserved areas or territories, one for the neo-Nazis and the other for the anti-hate um, group. Uh, they were close enough to be heard, um, but definitely far away from being um, physically able to reach each other. And I would approximate maybe about a quarter of a mile. The stipulations were that none of them were to cross outside of their boundary in order to create a physical altercation. Even the neo-Nazis had signed and agreed to that, but because they're so big, bad, and arrogant, that only did they cross out of their territory, but they trespassed and went into the anti-hate group's territory, and that's where you saw all the violence. Yeah, uh, the mayor of Charlottesville talked about that. I mean, I know that both sides had permits. Both groups had permits, the mayor, according to the mayor and to the governor. But, yes, there were certainly problems with jurisdiction and where they were supposed to be contained and what park they were supposed to be staying in. And it ended up that they did, you know, come to blows, right? They ended up confronting each other, which wasn't supposed to happen. So I don't know in terms of was it the mayor's fault, who issued these permits, what were the permit stipulations, but something clearly went wrong. Uh, Michael, thank you for the call. Uh, due to time, you know, I, I was curious, I've, I've been asked this, and I'd like to ask it of you. What do you say is the best and worst aspect um, of your job? Because certainly we see and, and read in Amanda Wakes Up the best and worst aspect of hers. Yeah, I mean, I think that the best aspect of my job is that it's what I always wanted to do. I do consider it my dream job. It's exciting. It's thrilling. I get access to all sorts of powerful people and famous people and even just regular people that I would never have had access to. I get to ask them questions. I get to tell their stories. I love that. Every day is different. I still love it. I mean, even after all of these years, I love every second of the fact that this is my career. Um, the hard part is that 
it's sometimes hard to have this job. You know, I do wake up in the middle of the night. I am often tired. It is a huge brain drain every day. It hurts my head, you know, to be in this news cycle of constantly real-time fact-checking. Um, it's physically grueling. You know, I've stood in a lot of blizzards and hurricanes. Um, I've worked, you know, overnight hours forever. And so it's not easy, but it has been really rewarding. And uh, just one last thing. What do you want people to come away uh, with this, uh, you know, from this, uh, you know, with, um, you know, there's, uh, I know there's tons of, you know, men and women out there want to get into the business and do what you do or I do. I think it's an interesting read for them, not only for enjoyment, but to give them some pointers. But what do you want people to come away with? Uh, Last word, because God, this hour or portion of has flown. Enjoy the book. I want them to be entertained, obviously, but I do want to have some thought provoking seeds planted. I want them to realize that not all news is created equal, and you have to be very careful about your news source. And you need to go to a tried and true, long time, proven news organization that has a long track record of journalism. And, you know, that's part of what the book is about. Amanda thinks that she's at this dream network called Fair News, and it's new, and it sounds like it's going to be wonderful, and it's going to be completely balanced for everybody, and it ends up turning into something of a Frankenstein monster. And, you know, really, I mean, I was trying, to, hoping to use that as sort of an allegory for um, there is real news out there. And we have to be more educated consumers. Uh, Allison, thank you for taking the time because I know you're beyond busy. Um, you put me to shame because I thought I, you know, was the busiest woman in America. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's a tie. And Leslie, it's so great to talk to you. And I do look forward to seeing you in person whenever you're in New York. Okay, I look forward to it too, Allison. Have a great afternoon. You too. Folks, get this book. I'm not kidding you. I, you know, I don't push something. You know me. I, I can't be bought. And she didn't pay me. Uh, Amanda wakes up. It's very funny. It's very smart. Allison Camerata is also a very intelligent and, uh, you know, smart and obviously funny woman. You can get it, like I said, at Amazon.com. You can also get it at PenguinRandomHouse.com. Please follow Allison on Twitter. Oh, she broke up with Twitter. And by the way, go to CNN.com. July 12th, she wrote a piece called Why I'm Breaking Up with Twitter. Um, check it out. Why I'm breaking up with Twitter. On Instagram, at Allison Camerata. Follow her there, at A-L-I-S-Y-N Camerata, C-A-M-E-R-O-T-A. And on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Allison Camerata. Quick break. Talk media news after this. Leslie Marshall, the simple truth in a complicated world. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Keep Leslie in your pocket. Go to lesliemarshallshow.com forward slash members. We're back. Victoria Jones is as well, reporter for Talk Media News. Hi, Victoria. Good afternoon. Happy Thursday. Um, the Charlottesville mayor um, is apparently placing blame on others for the violence that led to Heather Heyer's death. 
Um, uh, he alleges, uh, alleging that, uh, you know, he was locked out of security preparations. Uh, tell us about this, Victoria. Who are those, quote, others that he's blaming? Yeah, Charlottesville officials met privately today. Mayor Mike Signer posted on Facebook that the city manager has total operational authority under Charlottesville's form of government. In other words, that he, the mayor, Signer, had largely been shut out of security preparations for the event. He said the five-person city council was not given the security plan for the rally. He also wrote on Facebook, this is stunning, that when he asked during a briefing days before the event what he could do to be helpful, Police Chief Al Thomas responded, stay out of my way. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, anything else to add to that, or what else is going on? Um, well, he, he said that, well, that there is going to be uh, an independent investigation. Um, he said that Thomas and the city manager, Maurice Jones, was still employed. There was supposed to be a community recovery town hall tonight in collaboration with the Community Relations Services and the Department of Justice. Uh-huh. But they announced this morning it's been rescheduled for Sunday due to conflict with the local high school student wow. tax. And we will find out from you next week the uh, update on that. Victoria Jones, live from a nation's capital, Talk Media News. I'm Leslie Marshall. Your toes in the sand, an ice-cold drink in your hand. Waves lapping on the shore as palm trees sway in the tropical breeze. Sound like paradise? This is winter, St. Pete Clearwater style, with 35 miles of white sand bliss and warm Gulf waters. Paradise is closer than you think. Visit awardwinningbeaches.com to plan your perfect getaway to St. Pete Clearwater. Voted the best beach in America by TripAdvisor.